0: Hello and welcome to the Parent Survival Kit Podcast from Surviving to Thriving in Your Household. My name is Gene Shuelen. Next to me, as always, my beautiful bride, Dr. Sonia Shuelen, pediatric psychologist expert, nationally certified school psychologist. And we have a special guest visiting us once again, Dr. Stevie Puckett Perez. She's also a pediatric expert psychologist. Um, and so we're excited to talk today about the ever Going on problem of potty training, like <laughs> how do we? I don't even know how to say this. Like well, this it's ongoing struggle. All things
1: pee and poop. All mm-hmm.
2: things pee and poop, that's mm-hmm. a really good yeah. way to put it. And <laughs> you, okay, know, you said like the ongoing problem, but I think Dr. Puckett-Perez is actually going to tell us something really interesting that it's not always a problem either. And so like we're going to hear all perspectives yeah. on, on all things pee and poop. All Anything pee and and related poop. to it, absolutely. I mean, well, parents, you know, uh, let's talk about pee and poop. And right? you know,
0: I, I, yeah. I let me just share a, a, a moment really quick because uh, before we started shooting this episode, literally about 20 minutes ago, <laughs> um, we have plans, oh this is our date night so I'm going go you know. no. this is this is a Wednesday so it's a Wednesday night date night and um so we leave from work or the podcast and we go and have our little date night um well we have to go back home first today because yeah. you know my beautiful bride PhD she's brilliant <laughs> she forgot to put a diaper or pull up I'm on our 3 year old this this afternoon when he went for down for nap time so we got a phone call from nanny saying um, uh, he <laughs> went pooped in his pants and it's all in the bed and everywhere else and she doesn't know how to lift the mattress out and whatnot and that's okay. So so we, have to go so we still are dealing with pee and poop and everything yeah. that goes along with it.
1: Every parent does, and I was just. You know she was sharing a little bit about that t- before
2: this and i was saying
1: big deal
2: she was i wasn't present with my son when i was thinking about everything else and that's why this happened and so yeah i'm yeah I'm this is a funny a moment regular of mom. parenting well
0: right. and he really wanted yeah. mommy she was trying to leave and usually the nanny puts him down at nap yeah. time and he really wanted mommy and you know so you, you she's a great it mom was a perfect storm so it, it's actually not it's not a big deal cuz all we do deal. is we package it all up we put it in a <laughs> trash bag and we throw it away cuz I'm not washing that stuff I do all the laundry in the house
2: I'm not that. washing
0: poop so it's okay you yeah, We'll yeah. live to, to, to see another day. It's okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So this is one of those things that all parents go through, right? Sooner or later, kids get potty trained. And there's a wide range of when that is, but everyone deals with pee and poop. And at work, oftentimes, I am called the poopologist <laughs> by parents. <laughs> <laughs> because when people come see me, it's often when they're struggling with the potty training process. Or they went through it, and then they're having regressions. Or their kid is peeing in the toilet beautifully, but absolutely will not poop. I can't. I won't. Not have <laughs> we had that so was our three-year-old I, <laughs> I mean we
0: did yeah. he, he would pee no problem mm-hmm. he loved to pee outside anywhere he wanted to go <laughs> anywhere i mean we'd pull over the side of the road and he'd go into some bushes and he's like he's a champion mm-hmm. of will not poop now he does yeah. now yeah but um
1: and, and all kids do sooner or later, right? But the process can range from like so simple done in a weekend to massive complications. And a lot of parents will tell me I've heard from so many, even fellow psychologists who have had this happen with their kiddos say, this is the hardest thing I have ever done in parenting. My hardest challenge of all of parenting, and other people, no big deal. It really just depends.
0: So I have it's a, a I total have
1: spectrum. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely.
0: Well, just one. She's been peed and pooped on numerous times. Oh yeah. Over and over by our kids. <laughs> <laughs> <and> parenting. <laughs> um, you know, our 17 year old. I got peed on his first time he ever peed outside of the room was on me. But after yeah. that, I actually have been really lucky. It's been my beautiful <laughs> bride who's <laughs> taken the grunt of all that. So I appreciate yep. that. But I, I do have one. Like g- I have to know. How did you become the poopologist, (laughs) Dr. Poopologist?
1: (laughs) Um, Kind of by accident. So I I am a pediatric psychologist, and I primarily work in GI, meaning that I deal with um, kiddos and families who are having some kind of GI trouble. That could be belly pain, constipation, diarrhea, vomiting, nausea, you name it. Bowel movements. Bowel movements, yeah. And so anything that happens in the GI tract... And any problems that arise there, those kiddos and families might get referred to me. And so (laughs) I see lots of kids who are struggling in that area. And or I I should say, lots of parents who are struggling in that area because sometimes the kids are like, I'm I'm totally fine with
2: it. (laughs)
0: The good thing is, you get to educate them on the poopology, not actually experience it. For the most part, no? Sometimes
2: I have experienced
1: it in office, (laughs) but uh, most of the times, yes, it's psychoeducation and support.
0: Awesome. Mm All right, so tell us, how do we.
2: Tell us kind of what's normal, and then we'll kind of talk about some of the special circumstances that you've come across. Yeah,
1: that sounds great. So typical, normal potty training is a range, you know. Some kids are ready to start that process as early as 18 months, although I'd say that's pretty early and pretty rare to be ready at that age. Um, But most kids, the majority of kids between the ages of two and three is when you start the potty training process. But I encourage parents to not have a number in mind, like my kid will be potty trained by two and a half, or yeah. by two, or by three, and instead watch for signs of readiness in your child.
0: Well, and there's also like, that brings up some questions. So from what I've heard, and I'm definitely not a pathology expert, <laughs> um, but Girls actually train easier and faster than boys, that's kind of a myth out there that may be true, it may not. There so. is
1: some truth to that, mm-hmm. and um, boys are a little more likely to uh, develop things like stool withholding. It's not impossible to go across cross um, genders, but boys are a little more likely to experience those problems.
0: Okay, and then another thing that we actually experienced firsthand with our three-year-old, when he was starting uh, preschool, uh, a, a couple of years ago is that the school was a monetary school, and they really had, like, this, like, guideline. They wanted to have, like, everyone starting potty training and being potty trained by a certain date, certain age, certain month and whatnot, and that was a lot of pressure.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and, and he just really wasn't... He, he wasn't, wasn't ready. He wasn't ready for and that. And I think,
2: you know, you touched on signs of readiness. Yeah. So what are signs of readiness? How do parents identify those?
1: Yeah, so um, essentially... You want to see that your child is able to go for two or three hours and keep themselves dry, and so have periods of time where they're having kind of prolonged dryness in their diaper pull up and have them kind of have some awareness when they're peeing or pooping. Sometimes they'll let you know, like, oh, I have a wet diaper. Change me. I'm dirty. You know, I have poop, or whatever their terminology is for having gone. Um, Sometimes you can tell that they're going, you know, and they have their own kind of little routine where they might go and hide in a certain corner and you know that that's their spot and they're going to poop. And that means that shows you that they have some signs of awareness that like, okay, I feel the urge to poop and now I'm going to go do my ritual or my routine for that. And so when you're seeing those signs, when you're seeing that they have an awareness of either that they are pooping, about to poop or just pooped or peed, that would be a perfect time to say, okay, maybe let's start introducing some kind of toilet exposure.
2: Okay, that's really clear. I love that cuz yeah. I I mean, we've seen it. You know, we have toddlers right now and mm-hmm. so it's so fresh for us, but we I'm seeing it in my not even 2-year-old daughter. Mm-hmm. She'll tell us when she's in the middle of doing her business and yeah. then she yells at us when we ask her well, what's in her <laughs> diaper. Say, "What's in your diaper?" Yeah, She'll go, "No." A few months. Right? Mm-hmm. And she's really mad at us for for knowing that she has poop in her diaper. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, and with my 17-year-old it was, it was actually we actually, we had a lot of fun with it. So he actually started at a very young age too, but um, we spent a lot of time outside by the pool and whatnot. And so I had him, um, I, I just had him practice on peeing on bushes and, you know, aim here and aim there. <laughs> and so it was like an outside potty training experience. Of course, single dad and whatnot, it just made sense. And then, you know, when I learned that maybe that wasn't the really, maybe, maybe not the best thing, but maybe it's okay, is that we have this waterfall that goes into the pool. And so he was two oh years man. old. And so he's <laughs> going to go swimming. I'm leaving for work. And so the nanny's actually there. And he's going swimming, and he goes up, and he stands on top of the waterfall because he was swimming really <laughs> well at the time, and he would jump off, no fear, but he stood on top of the waterfall, he's like, hmm, I need to go pee, so he put on his pants, and he just stream right into the pool, and I was like, man. I'm not going swimming this week with you, son, but I love you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you get to decide what's acceptable, right? <laughs> and, yeah, boys are fun. As you guys know, I have two of them, yeah. so I'm very familiar with <laughs> the joy of raising little boys. Um, but, yeah, you get to decide what's okay and what um, how you want to do it. But generally, you want to start with just some positive exposure, not expectations. So no expectation that pee or poop has to happen in the toilet, but just starting to talk about and model what that looks like, that, you can start talking about pee and poop does go in the toilet. You can use a little potty, you can use a big potty with some seat attachments, um, but generally there are some good positioning guidelines that you want your kiddo to be in the right position for it so it feels safe and comfortable. So sitting with a potty seat or um, on a smaller potty so that there's no fear of falling in. There's no weird sensory experience of balancing over an open hole. Like this all sounds and feels normal to us, but imagine like all of a sudden it's like if someone came to you and told you, now you will be doing all of your pee and poop in this salad bowl. Go for it. Like, (laughs) right? Like that would, you'd feel uncomfortable about that and might not be able to go.
0: This big hole that sucks everything in. Like, oh my gosh, what goes in there? You're
1: telling them to now Pee and poop in a bowl of water that magically, like, the water disappears. <laughs> like, yeah. So it's a weird and interesting sensory experience. And so to expect kids to have no problem with that is a little um, unfair. And so to understand that this is a big thing we're asking, it's a completely new shift in their behavior, their expectations, and what that feels like for them. So just starting slow, having them sit on the potty, having them come in with you when you're going and talking through what you're doing, Um, having them have their Elmo or their favorite character sit on the potty and show them how that goes and just start seeing, you know, kind of how they feel about that and just gradually introducing it without any expectations that this is what you have to do. That so sense. that's that's like the introduction to potty training mm-hmm. and you will see out there if you were to go and google this you will see a lot of like weekend potty training plans
0: mm-hmm. like two exactly
1: potty trained by monday and i'm not going to say that those are bad because they're not for for the right kid who's motivated by that and who has the ability to kind of um jump right in at that level they can be fantastic i my my first son I expected this to be a nightmare because it's what I work with all of the time. So I was just like, we're not going to do anything before he's ready. <laughs> we're going to go so slow. And then he was two years and three months. And by that time, he, he had come in with us. He'd sat on the potty. He could pee on command, but he, he wasn't yet like going to pee. Um, or noticing when he needed to, and his teacher kind of noticed his readiness before I did, because I was really resistant almost to potty training him, (laughs) because I see all the problems, I'm like, no, this is going to happen naturally and organically, (laughs) and, you know, we're not going to push him at all, and then he pretty much potty trained in a weekend, and so I'm not against those programs, (laughs) but for the most part, you really need to follow your child's lead, and what their readiness, and their kind of abilities, and comfort level are telling you.
0: Yeah, that makes sense, because I know with our three-year-old, the potty for him was not to go potty in the potty. It's to throw anything I can into the potty and see if I can flush the toilet and see if it goes down. That's
2: interesting for him, too.
1: That is my second son right now. (laughs) He has no interest in the potty for going, but anything that can fit fit in in there and flush is exciting.
0: And then our three-year-old, he would, you know, he loved to take his diaper off. He loved to go pee. He could pee anywhere he wanted to, when he wanted to, (laughs) anywhere but the potty, on the couch, on this spot, that that spot, anywhere spot. I mean, he was peeing all over the Mm -hmm. place. Mm
1: Yeah,
2: that was a fun time. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I bet it was. Lots of cleaning, huh? So what else Mm. is normal? What do you like to make sure parents know is, you know, a good thing to expect and not push our kids too hard? Like, I'm hearing a lot of that. I mean, I I love that. We don't go in there with, like, this predetermined outcome. It's we really have to take their lead.
1: Absolutely. Don't compare across other parents and kids, and we all know this is true for everything under the sun, right? Don't look at what other kids are doing and saying, like, my my daughter, my son's not doing that yet. Okay, we're doing it this weekend, and kind of – Rush before you need to. There's really no rush. Kids get potty trained, and um, I would say that if you do start too early and you start before you're seeing those readiness and you and you signs and you push it a little too much, you're still going to be potty training just as long as when their true readiness would have been. So if a child, for example, is really going to be ready at three and you start them at two, you're just going to spend that whole year potty training yeah. <laughs> because their their readiness wasn't showing yet. Um, so you're just going to kind of be spinning your wheels. So truly just to, to reiterate that, follow their lead, do it slowly and kind of positively make pottying a fun, silly, kind of positive experience, normalize it and know that um, pee usually happens before poop. Kids will really master pee quite well. Occasionally it's the other way, but for most kids, they will feel pretty comfortable peeing in the toilet, get really good at it, um, and poop can be a whole different ball game. It's a very different physiological sensation and urge, um, and so it tends to have a, a different kind of trajectory in potty training. And also daytime happens well before
2: nighttime potty training, and that's completely normal too. That's really good to know. Um, one of the things you said is make it fun, make it light, make it kind of silly, positive, right? Yeah. So what what kind of recommendations do you have to parents who may be getting really frustrated mm. or impatient or even punish their children for having accidents?
1: Yeah. So I see parents all of the time who have kind of made this mistake. And sometimes they they're feeling guilty when they come see me and they're like, actually, you know, He's, we've been sending him to his room, he's been getting in trouble because I know he can do it, he just doesn't want to. He just is lazy. He's just stubborn. He's refusing to go. And it's a lot of unlearning all of that. And um, sometimes parents will say, sometimes he does it perfectly. He pees he, all yesterday. Every time he had to pee, he went to the toilet. And then today, every single time, he's just peed on himself. And so kind of backing up and helping parents to appreciate that that's this. That's true for all of us, too. We're not 100% perfect at any skill every single time. And it's not because we just don't want to. It's just because something about that we can't. We cannot be perfect at a new skill all of the time when we're learning. Potty training is really potty learning. They're learning a completely new skill. And so it is very normal and appropriate for a kid to have a whole variable kind of process and one day be doing great and then Doing terrible for a few days, and to not take that as a sign of parental failure, to not take that as your child behaviorally kind of testing you or pushing you or trying to upset you, um, or a sign that they just won't do it. Because the truth is, it's not won't, it's can't, because the brain is learning a new skill and it's not going to fire exactly correctly 100% of the time. And so it's normal for parents to have gotten frustrated, especially when it looks, like, it can easily look like you're just not doing this and it's so easy, just go. Um, I've told you three times, let's go to the body. And you're, you said, no, 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 I don't have to. And then you just beat on yourself. Right. It can feel so frustrating. Yeah. So I encourage parents that while all of that is entirely normal to feel that frustration, your job is to have the patience of a saint when you're doing
2: this. <laughs> <laughs> when you're doing anything with your children. Right? <laughs> right, that's We true. are always on. We have to be yeah. very intentional.
0: Yeah, I think that fear also can can go into kids too when they feel like parents are, are shaming them or getting on to them. Um, it causes mental you know, reactions that can cause problems in there and and really just understanding when they need to go pee yeah you know i know with our three-year-old um mom did a really good job like whenever he wanted you mentioned it takes sometimes a lot longer to to go poop than it does Mm -hmm. to pee and so he would actually tell us i need to go poop and we'd say can you go in the potty no (laughs) no i won't do it
2: no i don't want to grow up
0: and so oh. we, we, we didn't let him, Kinda and Mom sweet. did a really good job. Mom didn't let him, so we put a diaper on him so he can go poop because he wasn't Fantastic. ready, but he would go pee nonstop in the toilet.
1: I'm so, so happy you guys did that. That was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that was perfect parenting. <laughs> Honestly, <Thanks>. because <laughs> you're like.
0: That was my idea. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but,
1: but it's true. It, it happens at different rates. And you, you hit on something really important, that kids internalize that negativity and shame. And oftentimes that's where big problems with potty training and toileting issues arise. So we get something called stool withholding. And this is essentially kids have a negative experience with pottying, like they get con- got constipated one day and they had a painful poop. Or um, they waited too long to go and they were straining a bit and it was an uncomfortable sensation. Or their mom was standing in the bathroom saying, oh my god, you've been sitting here for 10 minutes, just go. Like you're just playing, just poop. You know, or you know, whatever they interpreted as negative in that moment. They had some negative sensory or emotional experience around pooping. And then some part of their brain just decides, oh, this is bad, I'm not doing it, done. And then they start involuntarily, not voluntarily, not behaviorally, not it's not behavioral resistance, it's almost like a phobia. They can develop this phobic response to bo- their body's urge to poop. And so I see kids who, whenever they feel like they need to poop, they will cross their legs, they'll do the potty dance, and most parents know what that looks like, with potty dance, when you Need to go, but you don't want to go, um, or they will go and hide and poop. They in their um, underwear or in their diaper, and they'll get really, really resistant to pooping on the toilet and incredibly fearful of it.
0: Does that also happen? Uh, you mentioned earlier about you know whenever they're ready. Like if you want to start them at two, but they're not going to be ready till three, you're not going to really have them potty trained until three. But I, it, it, I can expect that. All you're doing is training in more of a fight when they are ready. Yeah. Trying to get them ready before they're actually ready. I mean, it's going to cause more turmoil. Mm-hmm more just anxiety yeah it
1: does so it impacts their experience of what it feels like to go to the bathroom it becomes a negative experience um, and a fight and a power struggle and then it also um, delays the process because of the the sensory experience their bodies physiologically may not be ready so we're demanding something of them that they do not have the true ability to master and so they start feeling that failure and shame and it turns into avoidance, frustration and it can impact the relationship with their parents. They can start feeling pretty angry and resentful toward you and you can feel pretty angry and resentful toward them when you have this kind of constant power struggle around this and it can turn into a massive medical problem where kids lose their ability to control their bowels actually. So it's
0: potty trauma that can be mo- not just mentally yeah, an but, an physici- issue, physically. but physically and medically yeah. an issue. Wow.
1: And so starting sooner Whenever we see the big kind of potty problems arise, usually the source of that has they started before they were ready. Um, some sensory sensitivity, so something about the way it feels, like sitting on the toilet, I, I feel like I'm going to fall in, I feel like the water splashes me and that's weird, I feel like the sound of the flushing, something about the sensation of just what it feels like to pee or poop on the toilet. Um, some fear about the toilet or the bathroom, or you know, monsters in there, or where it goes, or you know, something like that, or some painful experience, like physically painful experience. It hurt when I went. I'm not doing it anymore. So usually, those are the things we're looking for when we see that a kid is really struggling. We can usually trace it back to some negative physical or emotional rocky kind of beginning with potty training. How do we do? I'm sorry, you had something.
2: I wanted to ask about, you know, that two or three year old that is peeing in the potty, um, maybe getting a lot of pressure, or you know, the n- obviously the next natural thing to work on is to now start pooping in the potty, mm-hmm. and then instead of moving forward, there's actual regression. Oh yeah, and so now they're not even using the potty to pee anymore.
1: Yeah. Happens all the time. So when you start having kind of this pressured negative experience around pottying, you can have a big regression. And we see that in kids not just when potty training goes awry or there's a lot of pressure with that. We also see it when other kind of emotional stressors are going on. When there's a new sibling in the household, sometimes we'll see potty regression. Um, When you move schools or change houses or one parent goes to work or something changes in the family it's very common to see potty regression and so that can happen as part of the potty training process if there's too much pressure and negativity or if there's other emotional stressors on a kiddo oftentimes we'll see that in their potty habits
2: so potty regression is really good information right so the first question a parent should ask if they see potty regression is hmm What could potentially be going on with my child? Has has anything changed? Mm -hmm. Are they struggling to adapt to something? Mm -hmm. Not to go straight to them and say, you know, I'm so disappointed. You used to be able to do this, and now you've chosen not to. Yeah. Okay. And
1: so we tend to, you know... feel like if you were doing so well at this, it's natural for parents to feel like this is a purposeful behavior. You are willfully choosing not to do this when I know you can. Um, And it's usually, actually it's very rarely the case that it is a behavioral issue. Almost always there's something else going on that triggered that. And like most things in parenthood, the answer is truly patience. Instead of demanding that they perform at the level that you've seen them perform previously, to just take that step back with them and not give them a lot of positive or negative attention for it. Just like kind of connect and see what's going on. See if there's an area of need that you can address. And if not, just work with them where they're at and gently move them back toward the steps they were on before.
2: Awesome. I love that advice because I that exact situation comes up in therapy sessions, even here at Next Steps all the time with parents. They'll bring to me potty training questions and that you know, there's usually a big change, like a sibling's in treatment now, or Mm -hmm. they're making some changes at home, and so um, the younger sibling is the one who tends to regress if they're potty training. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, it's so true, and you know, these kids, they pick up on all sorts of things. We know that, right? They're sponges, and things that we don't even think that they might have noticed, they do, and it impacts them, and then they get more you know potty issues or sleep issues or behavior issues and, and we see it um and just to say like I'm, i know i'm saying like don't do all of this but all parents are going to make some of these mistakes sometimes i do this stuff every day and even with m- my kiddo my oldest son who who po- when i was potty training him or kind of working with him through that process i kind of felt like gosh you're so good at this you did this so perfectly and all of a sudden like you wouldn't listen to me when I kept saying hey let's take a body break and then you like got upset about something and peed everywhere and it felt like (laughs) you were doing this on purpose Mm -hmm. and I know I know not to respond to that I know all of my training but um, on a couple of occasions I think I must have given him those body cues that I'm really frustrated with him (laughs) and I remember you know just (sighs) okay let's go to the body let's get cleaned up (laughs) you know just those sighing moments and when he went and he peed. After that, he looked at me and he said, "Mommy, are you happy with me? Are you happy now?" I peed and my heart broke because yeah. I just realized, Oh, you, you've already you've I'm doing all the right things 90% of the time, and still you internalized to the time that you saw me frustrated." Yeah. Wow. And so,
2: like, and those body cues, it's like happen. what you said, you know, it's it's not even we don't even have to say that we're frustrated. Just like we know our children inside and out Mm -hmm. and every little thing about them, they pretty much know us too, Mm -hmm. you know. (laughs) They pick up on all of our cues, and they only have one thing in mind, which is how do I get mom and dad's approval? I want to make sure they're happy with me. And anytime I get the signal that they're not, it's really upsetting for them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you're going to make mistakes, and that's okay. All of this can be dealt with. All of these mistakes, you know, They can absolutely be repaired. So whenever you do make a mistake with your child in the potty training process, we say, like, kind of stop and connect, like reconnect with your child, kind of repair. So apologize and, like, let them know, like, hey, oh, I shouldn't have responded that way. That was a silly choice. I didn't mean to say that. What I meant to say was, and then fix it. Um, Go ahead and fix whatever mistake you made. Don't beat yourself up about it. And move on and just keep trying. And potty training and all the stuff related to it really takes endless patience and positivity. You're going to feel like a cheerleader 100% of the time when you're not feeling very cheery. Yeah. When you're cleaning up poop out of a bed or off the floor, yeah. it's hard to feel like, "Way to go, you got that poop out of your body." <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Or when
0: our kid is peeing all over the fl- all over the living room because mm-hmm. he thinks it's so funny and yeah. he just yeah, he's having a ball. It kind of reminds me, like, you know, as a coach, you know, one thing that I learned a long time ago is that we always positive reinforce. Yeah. And so that positivity, even though you may not, you know, may not have been the best thing, just positive reinforcement, just making them feel like they're they're okay and you got this and no big deal. It's not a big deal. If it's a big deal, it's a big deal, right? If it's not a big deal, it's not a big deal.
1: Yeah. And you know, interestingly, in the past 10 years or so in psychology, we've talked a lot about like growth mindset, right? And that we learn from failure. But some more recent research actually suggests that we learn from success and not from failure. (laughs) That when we feel like we have failed at something, our brain shuts down. And so especially little toddler brains, when they feel like they're doing something bad, you're displeased with them, they're not mastering something, they're not the best or good at something, it's really hard for them to learn that skill or to make progress because like we have a tendency to want to avoid things that make us feel bad about ourselves naturally. And so if kids start feeling bad about their abilities around potty training, it's going to lead to some more avoidance rather than I'll just try harder and do it right next time.
2: Absolutely. And so, you know, related to that, um, could you speak a little bit to when kids avoid for a very long time, they are now yeah. out of the toddler stage, or even if kids regress at an older age? I mean, what yeah. kinds of things are you seeing?
1: Yeah, so I see kids, you know, well out of the toddler kind of potty training range. I see school age children and even sometimes teenagers who are struggling with this because when it's gone on for so long, essentially – you know, just a little, little anatomy lesson. So when you eat food and you ingest things, it goes into your, you know, mouth and you chew it up, down your throat, into your stomach, and then it goes through your small intestine. Your small intestine takes all of the nutrients and good stuff out of it. And then everything you don't need goes into your colon. And your colon is the big loop in your belly where your poop travels along. And we don't actually feel when there's poop in the colon. We don't feel it till it gets all the way down to the rectum, which is like the bottom, you know, seven or eight inches of your colon, right before it needs to evacuate. And so when you feel that urge and you choose to hold instead of go and let it out, that poop actually kind of backs up a little bit and it starts... Um, getting stuck and staying usually in in the left side of the colon. And sometimes when you see scans of these kids who've been holding for a long time and they develop this kind of medical constipation problem, their entire colon, if you look at it on a scan, it looks like fluffy white cotton balls and it's just packed with poop. And when that happens for too long, the muscles in the colon, they're like a floppy rubber band. They're supposed to snap back together right after you go. But when kids have been holding for so long, those muscles lose their elasticity. And they kind of stretch out. And then they hold even more and more poop. And they get really bad at squeezing and getting things to go through. And so they develop this medical problem of this stretched out colon where those nerves aren't responding as well. They don't feel it as well. They start having accidents because of the loss of that muscle tone and sensation. And they start having kind of leakage like just all throughout the day where they're having kind of stuff escape. And they have no ability to hold anymore because they've held for so long.
2: And so what is the treatment for something like this?
1: Yeah, so um, by that point, almost always, there needs to be a medical component as well. And so this is very, very common. It's not it's not rare at all. But when it, and it happens to kids of all ability levels, like bright, well-developed kids who are doing great in life and kids who are having lots of other struggles too. So it ha- can happen to absolutely any child. That's first kind of just good to know that it doesn't mean something dangerous, traumatic, or bad is, has happened to your child or something is wrong. But you want to start with your pediatrician or even a gastroenterologist if you get a referral for that to address the underlying kind of constipation and the loss of that tone. Because almost certainly you're going to need some medical intervention to get that stool soft again and then to also get those walls squeezing better again. And so if your doctor has ever prescribed things like Miralax, those are stool softeners for kids that, and, and adults, and their goal is to soften the stool. But you can't just soften the stool sometimes, you also have to get those muscles squeezing the stool to get it out, because just like a tube of toothpaste, it has to be soft to come out, but it also has to squeeze to come out. And so you might be prescribed something like a stimulant laxative like X-lax to get the squeezing to happen. And so typically you're going to need some kind of medical treatment to get poop soft and moving again. Because if you start just on the emotional and behavioral side, the kiddo is fighting against pain and hard poop that's not moving.
2: Yikes. Now I know why they call you a poopologist, Dr. <laughs> Puckett-Perez. <Yeah. laughs> that was very informative. Thank you for breaking that down You're for welcome. pretty much everybody to understand.
1: Probably too much information. No, you know, I was forget per- that was not awesome. everyone talks about poop all day and it's not normal for everyone.
2: You've <laughs> been completely desensitized. Yeah, I right? am totally desensitized. You talk about poop all day, I talk about food all day. Yeah. I mean, we all have our thing. Food and mm-hmm. Poop. Yeah, I mean. food and poop. Yeah, they right? go together it's very so well <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
0: You eat food and you got to poop, right? I mean, Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, and speaking of, sometimes these kids will start avoiding eating because they make yeah. the connection of, you know, hey, when I eat, it makes more poop. I'm not doing that I anymore know. either.
2: And then we have an eating disorder. Yeah. So it's it's and so very all this related. It's so
1: important. But yeah, so usually by the time that starts happening you need some medical treatment and then also working kind of stepping back and very positively and gradually and gently kind of reshaping those behaviors and undoing some of the damage that may have been there.
2: And so ultimately potty training but at an older age yeah. in a uh, corrective way.
1: Yeah, like you're, cu- you're going back and you're fixing the mistakes, even if you as a parent didn't make any mistakes in potty training. And that can happen. You can have a beautifully potty trained kid, and then they get constipated, and they have a painful poop experience, and they're like, nope, not doing that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and now you have a problem. So you just kind of undo the stressors and triggers that started that, and you kind of gently restart and gradually kind of shape their behaviors closer to, to good Pottying again, and
2: so this is ultimately like when you know this is like poop and psychology, and and it all goes together—the yeah. brain, gut, and all that great stuff that I love to talk about. So, thank you for all of that information. Yeah. Well, do I, I do have—I have—I
0: have have a question that I think parents really need to have an answer to or some guidance on, yeah. um, because so many of our kids these days are in daycares and preschools, and there's really this um, this expectation that you know the kids can't move up to the next grade or level or class and, and that's their potty trained, and so parents feel this pressure. I've got to get my kid potty trained by this date and all these things that go on. Um, I know when our kid was at monastery school like there was a certain potty that was you know it's a small little bitty potty so definitely nothing we can have at home either so it's like a different experience <laughs> and whatnot yeah. but with all these pressures parents are getting from daycares and preschools like how do we navigate that how do we manage that mm. to really make us you know feel equipped to be able to help our kid when they're ready really get to the next level
2: well can I add to that too because uh, one thing I think that happens when schools are pushing children to be potty trained in order to be enrolled is parents get the message that you know this is normal and my kids not of course it's normal why would the school be expecting it you know they know more about kids than I do and that's really the message that parents get when schools ask for kids to be potty trained by a certain point
1: it is so uh,
2: anyways (laughs) go ahead
1: and so oh, that is all very loaded because I don't want to throw anyone under the bus here, but you get to decide these things for your child rather than their school. And if that means you have to go and talk to them and say, hey, this is where we're at, and if, that, if you're telling me that means my child cannot, is not welcome here at this school, is that really what you're saying? can you work with us? This is kind of how we're doing it. This is, these are the steps we're on. This is the approach we're taking. Can you work with us? We'd, we'd love to keep him here. But if you're saying, like, we're not welcome here because he's not doing it this way yet, then, and we can't do any accommodations in this setting, and you change the setting rather than force your child. Um, most schools, they will say like, and, and it makes sense that they would because they, they have a protocol there. This is how they're planning to do things and they have a busy day. And it makes, makes a lot of sense to have these expectations, but it doesn't make sense to make that a hard line because we know all children are different. And sometimes the line where they draw that is before the age of like normal readiness. And so when that happens, You have to prioritize your child's readiness over their their school setting, Um, which is hard, right? Because now you're talking about, do I really have to change schools over this? Let's just potty train, like let's just make it happen. And you can try and you can gently support your child through that process, but I would not force it if you're not seeing the signs of readiness. and I would instead try your best
2: to work with the school. Most schools will work with you, even if that is their policy. But I love that you even just said if the accommodation is not going to be made, then change the setting, because I think so many times parents just need to hear that. That they truly are empowered to make these decisions for their children. They don't need to be forced into doing something they're not comfortable with, or they know that their child's not ready for.
1: Yeah, and and it's sad that it comes down to that sometimes, but it really does, because we don't, when it comes down to changing the setting or changing the child, change the setting, right? And so a lot of parents come to me when their child's starting kindergarten, and they're like, well, we're still struggling with this, or she pees in the potty perfectly, but she still needs a pull-up for poop. She can't go to kindergarten. Of course she can go to kindergarten. That is so silly. We will write you a letter. She can go to kindergarten. <laughs> like, uh. so you can go to school and get accommodations. I know kids, lots of kids who are school aged kids who they go to the nurse's office to use the restroom because they need a private restroom. They need to use some wipes or they need to maybe um, change their undies if they've had an accident, or they. Um, essentially need pull-ups still and so they'll keep them in the nurse's office and they have a system where they just go in and they just grab their pull-up kind of discreetly and no one has to know what's going on and they go take care of it clean themselves up and go about their day so if they need to do that I would rather a child poop in a pull-up than hold their poop
2: yeah, yeah like you said, good job. You got that yes, poop out of you. Exactly, right?
1: <laughs> poop is poop is your body's way of taking out the trash, and you took it out. That yeah, is as, awesome. kids, as kids it.
0: get older, I mean, they don't they don't want to sit in their own pee or poop. Mm-hmm. I mean, they recognize that, you know. And one thing that Dr. Williams says a lot is that to every parent, you are the expert when it comes to your child. No one else says, You are the expert. You know your child better than anybody else. Follow their lead. I mean, they mm-hmm. know. You know, it's just that's where they're at. You know, so as we as we end today, it kind of reminds me just something off topic that I thought of uh, somewhat. But Forrest Gump, when he's on his long mm-hmm. run and whatnot, he had the famous bumper sticker that came about through Forrest Gump. You know, crap happens. It was worded a little bit differently, but <laughs> crap happens. <laughs> crap happens. We have to deal yeah. with it. It's just part of life. So it does. you know, and it, it, it shouldn't make is. or
1: break relationships or kids' self-image. Right. Exactly. And So I, I just want to add to because I I make it. It made it sound a little, may- I think, oversimplified, that you just start introducing the potty and sit on the potty and gently practice toward that. All of potty training and, honestly, all of child psychology is about creative problem solving. So if you discover that your kid will not sit on that potty and that's scary for them and everything you do and you put stickers on the potty and you do fun things <laughs> in the bathroom and you do everything. Cheerios and for the boys, you know, aim. Yeah, and they're still there's still that resistance, then meet them where they're at. If they need to poop in that pull-up, then go in th- then we start with, okay, fine, but poop and pee happens in the bathroom. So we're not gonna put on the pull-up and go do it in the kitchen. <laughs> we're gonna put on your pull-up, we'll have a basket of pull-ups in the bathroom, go in the bathroom when you need to, Put on your pull-up, poop, let's take care of it. And then, you know, once they've mastered that step, okay, let's keep your pull-up on, but sit on the potty and try to do it on purpose. And you can have them do gentle, like, pushing exercises and blow bubbles and blow pinwheels and balloons, because when you're blowing with your mouth, it makes your tummy push. And so you can do all of these things to inch them toward it. It's not either or.
2: I love that. Those are some great practical tips for parents, and that's what we love giving our parents. So thank yeah. you for that. Yeah. And giving kids early yeah. exposure,
0: letting them see you. Because I know I whenever mm-hmm. I a little potty for our young ones, I'm always interrupted anyway. So yep. you might as well bring them in, them in with you, right? <laughs> you know, and one thing that I think really helped us with our kids is we read books regarding potty, like going potty, and mm-hmm. even the, some of the difficulties.
2: The poop is trash. One is a book that we've actually read. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it helps. Everyone them.
1: poops, and even princesses yeah. poop, and superheroes mm-hmm. poop, and yeah. I can't, I won't, no way. There are like yeah. a million of these wonderful titles.
0: Absolutely. Crap happens. So, yeah. you know, let's just figure <laughs> out the best way to deal with it. And, you know, we thank you for joining the Parent Survival Kit podcast <laughs> from surviving the poop to <laughs> thriving in the poop or whatever that means. So we look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you again, Dr. Stevie Puckett for joining us. Lots of good information. We look forward to seeing you next week.
1: Thank you.